us. All right, making his debut appearance on the Insufferable Bastards podcast, it's Carl from WATP. Welcome to the broadcast, Carl Hamburger. Thank you for having me, uh, Carlos and OJ. Good to see you both. I have to tell you, this is a, a busy morning for me. I had to rip myself away from Vince Russo on the BS show, talking about oh, whether wow. they should strike uh, Sterling John's channel or not, because they have the power. They yield wield the power in order to uh, get John his second strike if they want to. Jeez. And I guess we're recording this for for our listeners. It is or our viewers on on Facebook. I'm recording it in advance because I'm nervous talking to the mayor of the Dabbleverse, according to Kevin. Oh, OJ's Brennan. not the mayor. <laughs> And a floating anus. So you throw that in there with all the chat, I would uh, I would be a wreck. But yeah, so we're recording this in advance, and this will actually appear after. I guess you got Point Dabble Point. Is that that I just butcher the name? Nope, you That's got it right. Point there. Dabble Point uh, every Friday at 4 p.m. It rotates what channel it's on. This week it's on WATP. Oh, nice. So my first question, and I don't know, so we'll, I'm going to do a live stream at 7 p.m. And then this will play during that live stream, which is which is stupid, I guess. But how has YouTube changed the approach uh, you have to WATP, if at all? Because you see oh everything was audio only. Yeah. Right. And now now it's now we all got I, do I have to wear makeup at some point? I hate this shit. It's Look changed it tremendously. I have a freaking ring light in my basement now. I never used to give a shit about the lighting down here. And now I have to make sure that you can see everyone. Yeah, when I started doing WATP, I'm a fan of radio. I liked morning radio. I liked afternoon drive, sports talk, politics. I listen to all that shit. So I started WATP because I was just a fanboy of that sort of thing. That's why you hear the song parodies and the, the drops and the jingles and everything else. So I used to do it. I have a, a you know, a, the, the pool table here that's very famous for its green felt. Yes. And then over here is, is my bar. And so I just plop my laptop up on my bar. I had a USB Yeti microphone. And if somebody came over to do the show with me, they would also be talking to the same microphone. We'd just be standing around my bar doing a show. And I believe uh, it was many years ago, but Vinny Paulino took a photo of my setup, or I think he was taking a video while I went to go take a leak. Took a video of my setup and tweeted it out to embarrass me to everyone because it was a, a, sh a shitty setup. Well, fast forward now. Obviously, I have all the fan art on the walls. We have the, the live show posters and all the different fun things people have made for us over the years. It's turned into a whole studio. And we really, I, I have the different cameras in here, the different angles for when guests come in. It's completely different now. There's a visual element. And I was reluctant to get into that. At first, mm. my thought was, all right, I'll, I'll put a webcam. In fact, I think the first time we ever did a live stream of our show was when Shuli was over for the first time. And I put like one of my extra laptops up on a bookshelf that I brought downstairs and just kind of like put so you could see the whole studio kind of thing. I didn't know what I was doing. And um, I thought maybe I'll just put that out there for people who support us on Patreon. And if you support us, you can watch us do the show live. It'll just be for those people. So maybe a couple thousand people will see it. And then, uh, yeah, you just you fast forward. Thank God I got into YouTube when I did. I thought it was just going to be kind of a, a marketing tool to get people to discover who are these podcasts. And now it's turned into yeah, one of our even, main channels. Can you even, if you're starting a podcast now, and this is probably inside baseball, but fuck it. But if you're starting a podcast, can you even do audio only at this point? Do you have to be on YouTube? And is it if in terms of your revenue, is YouTube as important now as the things you were doing before as Patreon? Is it catching up? Uh, it's catching up. It's definitely not as important as, as Patreon and, and other things that I do. But um, yeah, I, I don't know how you start an audio only podcast in this day and age. There's a few that I still listen to. No Agenda being one of them, 
which is very much just audio only. And I'm still a podcast fan. I still like audio only entertainment because I like to multitask. I'm not sitting around staring at my screen right. all day. It's it's hard to do that. You know, I try to. I try to keep up on what's going on. But yeah, I don't know how you would even start an audio only podcast. In fact, I've even seen guys like Mark Marin reluctantly get into YouTube and he's doing what I used to do, which is just a still image with the audio just to have a YouTube video. So I used to create these horrible thumbnails that would show, you know, hey, Anthony Kumi is on the show and it's me and Ant beating up on Opie. And now, you know, I put that out and it got tons of views, but you can't get away with that shit now. People want to see the people who are talking for some reason, even though it makes no difference. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. People will be pissed right now because it's previously recorded. That'll be every every chat. So it's much tougher. And the people bitch about uh, production value, production value. I'm a dude in my basement. This is a hobby. God damn it. The customer is always wrong, Carlos. Remember that. <laughs> uh, but the, the other thing, too, though, I should mention is, yeah, like the, the roundtable that we're doing weekly. This is our third episode coming up today. That is very much just a discussion. We're not playing clips. We're not showing things. There's been there's become a lot of visual elements. I mean, the Shuli Network does this very well with their producers, where a lot of the gags are sight gags. And a lot of the times when we're watching Stuttering John clips and stuff, it's the drool that's coming out of his mouth or the snot mm-hmm. running down his nose or whatever that's kind of the joke. So a lot of times, and I I try my best to explain what's happening if we're laughing at something that we're watching because I want it to be audio first, but it is easier to goof on John when there's a visual element or any podcast that we're reviewing. Yeah. More and more of these podcasts have a visual element and I'm pulling video clips and reviewing that instead of just the audio. And how about you, you talked about like the early days there and and I, this is this is the theory I want you to react to. I have this theory that the latest generation of dabblers, right? There's been new people on the scene. My theory is that they're more interested or their priority is to sort of make money. It's it's more wow. about profit now than it was like when say I think Cardiff and El Harible started to do what they did just because they were compelled to do it, right? Correct. Not to say it was passionate, but it was. And now you have guys like, and I don't mean to throw stones, but like Joey C has inserted himself in there. And he's First very person much, I thought of when you said that, yes. He's very much building an army. Hack Ride, who I like Hack Ride. I don't know if he likes me, but he went from being like a blind Mike guy to being Joey C's guy to now being in, now he's in the Dabbleverse and now he's going into business with Bob Levy, I guess. And I'm wondering, does that affect the, the the quantity or the quality of the podcast that we're seeing is the is the Dabbleverse now about making money for everybody because of two it years. is yeah no it is for some people for sure and I've actually been pulled in on panels about you know everyone wants to know how do you monetize your podcast how do you start a podcast and make money doing that I know people have written books about it there is this podcast magazine that came out of a radio journal. And they brought me in to interview me about how to make money podcasting. And my, the thing I always say is don't go into podcasting to make money. A very, very small percentage of podcasters make any type of money podcasting. You can make maybe a few bucks. Uh, and by the way, you're in the top 2%, maybe top 1% if you're making any money podcasting. So kudos to you if you're making 100 or 500 bucks a month. But 27 bucks. 27 bucks, whatever it is. <laughs> like At least that makes it so that you're better than the hundreds of thousands of podcasters if not millions that have zero audience and i read one this. time that like yeah if you, if you on audio only this was they were saying if you get a hundred downloads you're in like the top one percent of all podcasts because there's so many dead podcasts out there too there's podcasts well, that right. just yeah they, they take if that back to that in the so, other thing i never ahead, get into sorry. podcasting to make money it's it's the wrong angle to do it because 
I did this as a hobby. I, I play guitar, as you guys probably know. I talk about it in in bands and stuff, and I've always done that as a hobby. I never thought I was going to become a multi-millionaire, you know, playing, playing surf music, playing instrumental rock music. So that's for fun. I got into podcasting for fun. I never thought we'd make a dime. I was reluctant to start a Patreon. People in our Discord were like, Carl, if you start a Patreon, I will donate. I want to donate to your Patreon. Fine. I'm like, all right, you guys keep telling me this. I'll start a Patreon. And so it felt I, dirty at first? You felt a little Well, like, yeah, it yeah, felt yeah. a little weird because I was doing this as a hobby. I've, yeah, I, I owned a business at the time. I, I didn't need money. And um, people kept telling me that. And then, and and really, that's the advice I'd give for young podcasters. Wait until there's a demand because otherwise <laughs> it's embarrassing. There's uh, these local guys. I won't mention their names. But there was this local podcast here who's in who Rochester. Podcast, yeah, that no one okay. listened to. And a couple of the guys came on my show in the early days, but no one listened to their show. And uh, they started the Patreon. And I looked one day, they had one patron on their Patreon. And I, I go, Vinny, because he knows those guys too. He's going, I go, Vinny. Oh, I thought you were going to say it was Vinny's podcast. Well, no, I, I go, I go, Vinny, can you believe these guys? They have one pa- patron. He goes, yeah, that's me. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, there you go. That's oh, fucking wow. funny. I'm like, don't don't start a Patreon until you have an audience of people actually want to uh, get bonus content or just support you because they appreciate what you do. How about uh, switching gears? Yesterday, I guess in terms of news, Chad Zumach goes on MLC. It's Chad versus the sorcerer, essentially. That's what Kevin calls, Kevin Brennan calls the therapist. I know you had a show yesterday, so I don't know. Did you see any of Chad uh, with the therapist and what was your impression? So Mike had to do, do who are these socials an hour early. We usually would do 6 p.m. We had to do 5 p.m. because he was going to see Dave Chappelle at uh, the garden last night. So hmm. I was torn because here I am trying to prep for who are these socials. And I'm looking, I got, obviously, BS is on there, and John's trying to snipe BS. And then you had MLC, and and uh, NLO is sniping MLC. And then John sniping NLO, sniping MLC. So I tried to tune in for a second, but I did not have time. What was the, uh, what was the takeaway from that episode? I mean, I, I loved it. I, I guess I'm I'm a weirdo. I feel like I'm alienating myself from the Dabbleverse every week, but I love Brennan. I love Misery Loves Company. I mean, it, it was fascinating to me uh, because it, it started to make me think, like, why why do I watch these podcasts? What does it say about me? What would this therapist right. say? Why am I so invested in Chad Zumach? And, it, you know, there was a lot of stuff. Basically, it came down to, and I think I'm going to do a, a, a separate episode Chad, I mean, at one point, four years old, according to him, assuming he's telling the truth, was stuck in a room with his dead grandfather, with the corpse of his grandfather for an hour. Wow. And, and then, a, well, wow, <laughs> Dr. John. But it all stems from trauma, according to the therapist. Essentially, everything in his life and the way he reacts to things and the way he overreacts to things uh, all come from uh, the, that childhood trauma. I would say listen to the episode. I mean, whether you hate Chad, love Chad. Well, there's Kevin, no way it, to compelling. because Kevin takes them down. So there's no way to do that. So. Patreon. You'd have to. Yeah, you'd have to go to Patreon. Yeah, I'm going to spend I, a lot of time on, on Chad. Uh, I'm going to give Kevin Brennan. Brennan money after all the shit he's talked about me. OK, that well, sounds like a good plan. But you don't. Do you still do you have a begrudging respect for Brennan? Or is it at this point he, he said he's talked too much shit? Because I know well, you, listen, you have said many times uh, you, you think he's funny. He is funny. I, and I don't care. If people talk about me. I don't take it personally. I put myself out there, so I deserve everything that I I get for that. No mask thing, for you. My thing with Kevin, right? My thing with Kevin Brennan is his show is just not what it used to be. And 
I know that it goes, his show has gone through a lot of ups and downs and different progressions and different co-hosts and things like that. But you got to admit, Carlos, and uh, don't turn no it offense, on me. Don't no turn it on you. me. No offense to you. I know no, you've been yeah, a frequent you. guest. But the, the quality of guests he's going to have that show has declined quite a bit in the past couple of months because he's just pissing everyone off. And it's it's a weird thing to do. It's this, I, I think, Kevin, and maybe they talked about it. I think I tuned in for a second. They were talking about it on the show where Kevin might have the same kind of thing that Chad does where he thinks that people aren't going to like him. So he's like, fuck you. I don't like you first. He, he wants to get out in front of it. There was a line where he talks about, yeah, uh, this is going to fuck me somehow. I'm going to get stabbed in the back, so I'll, I'll screw it first. And I yes. thought that was fascinating. But that's part of the reason. That's the exact reason why I watch Kevin Brennan all the time. You know, I think there's something to be said. If you've ever gotten passed over for a job at work or you're, you're, you're not as successful as you think you should be and you see somebody like Obnoxious John making millions with Tukey, you start to get jealous, right? There's that human part of yourself that starts to get jealous, you know, maybe. Or I, if you start, I, you see obnoxious John hanging out in your green room uninvited. You're just like, what the fuck is going on here? Right? Uh-oh. Wow. Uh -oh. <laughs> Let's pause and address this. I'm yeah. Just kidding. I'm kidding with you. It was, it was cool hanging out with you in Detroit, buddy. Yeah. I, that, that all caught me all off guard after I heard that. You OJ were sent not... me an apology. I'm like, nah, I'm just busting. Your you didn't think yeah. he was kidding. OJ. You no. Know Definitely didn't think he was kidding. It made me look like, uh, or the way it sounded to me, the way I took it, like I was some low life, just like a hanger on, just <laughs> creeping up in the back and eating all their pizza and I taking advantage of it. No, yeah, I felt horrible actually nah, dude, that I found out. You're fine. I was like, I'm dude, sorry. I'm on the. I'm sorry I brought it up again. I didn't realize they, you were this. They upset. put me on the poster. I was like, I thought it was cool. <laughs> Oh, that was but okay. So now I, I had to bring up this story. Ray DeVito comes over to our merch table now. I don't know if you guys have ever gotten professional posters printed. They're not cheap. You know, I spent over $1,000 on, on these posters. And they're for people who buy VIP. And if you want to purchase a poster, I think they were 20 bucks to, to buy a poster. Ray DeVito comes up to the merch table to my wife and goes, uh, hey, can I get one of these posters? Because, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm on it. I'm on it. And, and my wife's just like, well, uh, well, we'll find out. I got to, you know, we're, we're going to sell them first. If we have some left over, I'll talk to Carl. Yeah, but I'm, I'm on it. So can I get it? You know how many people are on this fucking poster? <laughs> Everyone's on yeah, this poster. True. That is true. That is true. <laughs> but no, she... no offense to you, OJ. I mean, you deserve your, your spot. No, on and I, sure. know, I knew you were you were annoyed that night. The, the pizza and just all the people that were back there. And yeah, it was just, I get it. When no, in doubt, you know... blame Ray DeVito. That's what it all comes to. Deflect to Ray. I was annoyed, not with you at all, because we you were back there before the show. We were all hanging out. You were shooting photos and video and capturing the moment. And and you know we had uh, Cardiff getting into character and Tuki back there and everything. So that was fine. I was annoyed for real when I got done with the show and I went backstage and there's a bunch of people who have nothing to do with WATP all hanging out back there that I do not know. And I walk back there to like, I don't know, get a beverage and, and a slice of pizza. And there's a guy back there just holding court, won't shut up. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess this is no longer my green room, so I'll be on my way. Was he right. even connected? Was he like even a fan of WATP or was it just somebody off the street? Or was he connected to that? Who's that singer guy, the homeless singer? That guy probably <laughs> No, he's not, he wasn't connected to him. He's connected to uh, Drew Lane, who was extremely gracious. Drew Lane actually uh, paid for the golden voice ted williams to oh that's be how part that of the show okay. so um you know i it's if drew has a friend that wants to go back in the green room then uh 
He he earned it. W A T P. That's right, Ted Williams. There it is. Great. Sticking with Brennan for a moment there, because I know you've talked about how not that you think Kevin's a phony, but you have sort of said that well, Kevin's beefs are like if he he likes you, it's pretend. He hates you, maybe it's pretend. He is no, he is a phony. It's it's obvious. It's obvious. I mean, Melton has brought this up. I've brought this up when he when you're friendly with him. You can do no wrong. And he compliments you. And he's like, oh, I was watching Carl. He does a great job. Blah, blah, blah. Said the same thing about Melton. And then as soon as he was angry with me, I can't do anything right. He was actually signing up for Samantha B. He's like, Carl's good about Samantha B. Samantha B had a television career. I'm like, yeah, so did Neil Brennan. You ever heard of him? He made millions in television. So what does that tell you, Katie? But I, I, that, that's indicative of Brennan because I think he, yeah. here's another theory I that have. That is indicative of Brennan. It's a, it's a character flaw. He's literally right, a character yeah, flaw. We all have those. Uh, he, I think his thing is like the reason he hates like a Shuli. I think the reason he sort of hates to be in the Dabbleverse. Like I don't think he I think he likes now Bob Levy's gone and he, he can kind of wash himself because I think he looks down uh, on the dabble. He just had Centering Jet on because his show this week. What do you mean he wants to be out of the dabble? Screw first? with Shuli, though. It's out of pure hatred. It's out of pure aid. It's not really, I don't know if it's how really does, content. How does that screw with Shuli? I think he just says, I've got the golden apple. I've got the, you're a fool. He's with me. Ha ha ha. Like he did with you when he tried to, he tried to talk him out of going on. I think it's just pure troll. But I think, I think the reason he, he like hates a Shuli is because Brennan came up with real comics you know what I mean? Say what you will about his career. He, you know, he had credits and all that. Yeah, he's not a household name in terms of stand-up comics, but I think he views himself as he put in. Th- he actually is a dues payer, and he seems to have. It's a combination of self-loathing, but he he can't respect a guy like Shuli, who he sees has a following, does well on YouTube, gets those super chats. He just doesn't get it. He thinks like I guess the the public is stupid for supporting that guy. Carlos Danger. <laughs> I know you're a fan of Kevin Brennan. It's a form of honesty, though. If you dislike someone because they're successful, that makes you an asshole. That makes you a shitty person. And the fact that you're saying, well, he doesn't like Shuli because Shuli's doing well, is a character flaw, once again. That's fucked up. If if you go around hating doesn't people make for who are good, doing as well as you. Doing, though? It's, it's, I mean, it makes it, for a good, it's, it's the I'm, essence I'm over of that it. podcast. I'm over it. I don't know. It's kind of the same shit over and over again. It's getting old, in my opinion. How long can you do that for? I don't like Shuli. What did Shuli do to you? Uh, he was on a show, and the guy gave out my number, and I gave out his number the year before, so he actually had a good reason to give out my number, and Shuli had nothing to do with it. I hate Shuli for that reason. O- okay, so a made-up reason that doesn't make any fucking sense. It's not logical at all, and you're going to hate on this guy forever? That's that's the shtick? Neat. You might notice that Shuli has taken the high road, doesn't talk about Kevin at all. And but Kevin he, talks, but you guys have all organized all these shows around him, right? There seems like there's a concerted effort. Like the new show you're doing on Fridays is at what 4 p.m. What is this PM. conspiracy? Well, is that I, all right? All right, I'll, I'll great. I'm not. It's an assumption I'm, I have yeah, yeah. when Kevin Brennan does his show 19,000 times a week. It's always at 4 p.m. And now Shuli at one point was doing like Uncle Rico twice. Wasn't that a big f you to, yes, to Brennan? For sure. And yep. are you are you in fact? That time slot at 4 p.m. on a Friday, is that a F you to Kevin Brennan? It's not. The reason why we chose 4 p.m. on a Friday is because I reached out to Shuli with this idea. And I said, I want this to be a collaboration. I, I mean, I, I reached out to you, Carlos. I wanted to get everyone involved in this um, point, devil point. And hopefully we will be able to get a lot more people involved in it. Uh, today we have Phil Elmore again, but also Blind Mike Geary is going to come on. I'm going to ask Vinny Paulino if he wants to come on. We'll see what he thinks. But um, OJ, anyway, why is, what is that laughter? I'm, I'm I'm actually offended that you would have 
a guy like Phil Elmore that you would ask to have. Nonetheless, this, this is the second time and not ask obnoxious John, someone that's been in the double verse longer than Shuli. I might You're right. Add. You're right. I, I need to get OJ on the show. I will You're not right. do the show. I will not. Oh, I so Italian. Then what the I, fuck? Then what are you? I just wanted to point. I just wanted to point that out. That I was. I'm very offended. Well, OJ, I, I see you were always be, the behind the scenes guy, and now you have a filter, and you're on the show. But I don't know you to be verbose, so I, I guess that's why I didn't reach out to you. I I certainly would be happy to have you on the show, but I didn't know that you were the front and center guy. Now is that your your role? Well, I'm not the front and center guy, but I've, I'm. I'm as you pointed out on your show, I've been on many shows. I'm, I'm sure you've heard me do other of shows. Of course, but, but Phil Elmore sits down for an hour and a half by himself and puts out an entire argument and does a very reasoned a approach. One. It's very different. Well, all right, if you say so. He's, he's got a lot of said, people okay. listening to him now. I, I, I think he's very articulate, and oh, he's, yeah. ve- he's a lot more articulate than I am. I, I, I'll give him that, but um, I, I'm not a fan of his takes at all i find them very boring well good isn't that a good thing don't you want people no. with different takes no that's yes i do but not boring ones not boring right. ones i i all do right. have you brought up phil Elmore. i'm a fan of joey c there you know there you go he's he's not articulate you know but no. he's <laughs> he's not boring either he's gonna be coming uh. for you carl el harible sent me a message saying i can't i just can't watch phil elmore we already have one super obese straight man, and his name is Carlos Danger. That's that's very true. I totally agree. I am jealous of, of Phil Elmore. But I'm saying, Carl, if you took on Phil in a in a in a flashlight fight, hand to hand combat, but, but you can have a flashlight as a weapon, would you would you take him? Do you think? No, definitely not. I don't have any martial arts training. He's like a mall a mall ninja, right? Is that isn't that what they're saying on Reddit? <laughs> would you go on know. MLC again, Carl? Would you? Yes, you go yeah, again. Definitely. Yeah, and actually, I want to. I want to talk to Kevin about all of this. I'm I'm happy to let some time pass and everyone calm down. But um, no, I, I want to talk to him because it, the way everything went down was Kevin tried to fuck up my gig, which is a dick move in my opinion. And then I called him out for it. And then he immediately changed the story and acted like he didn't do that and went on his show for days afterwards going, Carl's all mad at me. All I did was watch a video. It's like, no, 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 that's not what you did at all. And he just changed the story. And the so gaslighting thing, I have what, no what exactly, for. What exactly was it? What are you saying he watched it? Was this when he okay. told John not to go on? So I posted a video on my YouTube channel that morning, goofing on oh, John. Okay. I do that right. most mornings. <laughs> I do that a lot. It's, it's my brand. It's my job. Right. It's my living. And uh, Kevin saw that, and then he has John on his show. And he goes, I don't know why you're doing a show with Carl. He's goofing on you. And now you guys are going to team up and do a show together. Not getting the point that the whole idea of me versus John, me versus John, is to have a debate to talk about these issues that we have with each other. Him trying to get my Patreon taken down and my YouTube taken down and all mm-hmm. this shit. It wasn't for us to, to form a fucking team and be like, hey, let's watch the Shuli Network together and laugh at Shuli. That wasn't what this was at all. And Kevin not understanding that, yeah, the reason why I put that video out is to fuel this debate. I want John angry at me. I, I'm angry at him. Let's go. And Kevin comes down and goes, John, Carl's still goofing on you. I don't know why you're teaming up with him. Don't even do the show. Like, Kevin, you're missing the point. This is why I put this video out is to get more people watching to see what this debate's going to be. You're going to hate that I say this, but I found it. I loved it because it made me want to watch you and John even more because it kind of, yeah, threw but it almost up. didn't happen. You were so angry. It was, 
It was I was. Great radio. It almost didn't happen. John literally was driving to the pub <laughs> after he left MLC, and I had to text him that he's a pussy in order for him to turn around and come and do the show. So but it's really, I mean, at the end of the day, it's John's fault. Like the way that John could be manipulated and still is. You're uh, a weird Kevin Brennan apologist. You don't see anything that Kevin did wrong there? No, no, I'm not. No, I'm saying Kevin's going to be Kevin. You know what I mean? Kevin's a loaded gun. You know what I mean? And he's, and he's like defective. So, yeah, eventually. How do you feel about. Hold on, hold on. No, before hold on, OJ. I got to ask this now. I, hold your thought, though. I want to hear what you have to say. Okay. Carlos, Kevin's going to be Kevin. Who are you for, Hamas or Israel? Oh, I don't even. Hamas I, is going to be Hamas. What when, do you mean? That's what they do. Talks, they murder people. What are you going to do? Hey, there's some torture involved. We drive children through the streets. Whatever. Wow. Hey, I'm you a Mayor just... Koch guy. I'm a Mayor Ed Koch guy for life, New York City. But uh, look. Do you understand they, my <laughs> argument, though? You can't is... just say his shitty behavior is who he is, so it's great. No, it makes him a shitty person. Go ahead, OJ. You were going to say. I was going to just point out that. <laughs> You know, you're calling Carlos uh, a KB apologist. I would argue that maybe you're a Shuli apologist because a lot oh. of the things that you said about KB are, in fact, things Shuli has done. You know, uh, recently, from what I understand, they're they're, they're striking John. Not cool. Um, the gaslighting. I mean, you know, Shuli gaslights his audience. He beats around the bush around a lot of things, like topics that come up. The most recent was Patrick Melton. He kind of you know, ran away from that whole thing. I, I don't, I guess. Yeah. I guess what I'm asking is why do you not ever go after Shuli? Well, Shuli and I have had our differences. We definitely did uh, dig in. I, I don't know how long ago. It was a few months ago, but uh, we've definitely had our differences before, but no, but I, honestly, I like those guys over there. Uh, we've collaborated on, on things together. Obviously we've done each other's shows. We had DabbleCon that we, uh, we put together and so I can work with those guys. They're reasonable. They do a good even job. while they're doing things that you are mad at Ke Kevin about. They they do the same things. I'm mad at Kevin for trying to ruin my show with Suttering John. Uh, Julie has not done that to me. But the show happened, and I, again, I maybe I'm a Kevin apologist, right? I, all right, I, I'll I'll take that. But the show happened, and it was great. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad it did. <laughs> It had a great run-up. It was like, you know, the, the, the fighters, the UFC guys, Conor McGregor is a total asshole before the fight actually happens. Nice hype. and, and then No, I'm, glad, I'm glad that the show ended up happening. It almost didn't, but I'm glad that it did. And, yeah, I, I agree that I was a little more fired up than I would have been going into that show. Now, I was afraid I also... of you. You were so mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. Seriously. I was like, holy no, shit, I've never afraid. seen Carl this mad. <laughs> don't be afraid of me. But, but also, you have to understand... The one thing that I do, except for today, is prepare for shows. Yeah. So I was Wait, sitting except there. Except for today. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. So I was sitting there preparing for the show that I had with Stuttering John. And then I'm watching out of the corner of my eye, John on MLC and going, yep, I'm not going to do the show. I'm like, what the fuck? I've been spending the last four hours putting yeah. this whole thing together. And now he's just going to bail on it. So. You know, from your perspective, hey, it all worked out great. Don't be upset. But from my I perspective, I know I'm being a dickhead. I'm, I'm like, I like to watch the car wreck. That's part. Sure, I understand. Part oh, of the, I understand. Yeah. I'm glad it all worked out. I'm glad it worked out the way that it did. But in, in Kevin's goal was to make it not work out. That was definitely. And listen, like I oh, said, you I, okay? So I still like right. Kevin. Look at, I still got my uh, good-natured ribbing uh, thing over here. Troy Smith made. I'm hoping that someday oh, yeah, Kevin and I awesome. start our our show together. Yeah, right, I think so you guys are great together. So I, I, I do hope you guys end up uh, working and, together again in the future. Me too. Me too. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I'd like to see you back on. And it does bum me out that Kevin 
alienates all these different fan bases by fighting with everybody. You know, it, it does not get, just uh, fan it, bases, comedians. Right. The I, actual I people tell you, and their fans. Yeah. We have we have um, you know, comics come in to I'm gonna go see Dan Soder tonight. He's in Rochester this weekend. And uh Vinnie Paulino gets to interview these guys for his show, Comic the Carlson cast. So he sits down with all these comics that come in and, and does interview shows with them to promote their gigs. And he tells me, and they talk about it off air. Every single one of them hates Kevin Brennan. Wow. Every single one now, of them. He's he's just are they pissed off. To do his show or is like, no, they just I... don't like him. They don't care about his show. These are guys oh. who are much bigger than Kevin Brennan. Dan Soder, Covered in the Tally. Right. There's a lot of guys who Kevin's pissed off and they've left him in their dust. So I don't know that it's he's not helping himself with his attitude. I like him. He's a funny guy. Don't yeah, get me wrong. I, I can't he's, stop watching the show. Get his I own way. Be honest. That's maybe fine. it's an Irish thing. Maybe I have four older brothers. I and mean, maybe it's something like that. I just identify. I, I tune in just to see how bad the the guests have gotten. I know. So I, 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 I like will. Can I? Time. You texted me once. Can I? Can I talk about that? It was a. It was a. But probably. I was on Brennan. You probably don't even remember this. I was on yeah, with yeah. Brennan. And you're like, oh my god, this is this is this is going slow. And I, like I felt like, oh. Oh, Carl has my I, number, and his first text to me is like, "You're really, you're really shit." Wait, Rick here. No, I texted you during the show and called you out. <laughs> you didn't. You 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 basically said that the vibe was weird. You weren't specifically calling me out, but it was what it was a late night stream where I had to. Oh. I was falling asleep, and I was. I might have it had a was, couple of beers. It was like in a me. Saturday. It was like a late Saturday night kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know why I, I brought it up, but it was just the awkwardness of having uh, the. So mayor I'm going of the back Gallivers. to our text. I'm going back to our text. No, no, no. Hey, I didn't. I didn't give you permission uh, to go through all of them. Don't show OJ that one. Can I? Can I tell you what my first text <laughs> to you was? I'm reading gonna, right here. Are you going to ruin my story? Hold on. It says Carlos. This, this is, is why they call you the librarian. Well, listen. You you just ahead, made ahead, an accusation. Ahead, my first text to you was not. It's not you an did. You, you go. Your first text to me was you suck on MLC. That's not what. I, that's not what it is at all. This is what I wrote. I wrote Carlos. This is Carl. Thanks so much for hopping on today. Let's collab more in the future. That was my first text to you. All right. All right. All right. But the first. <laughs> time kind of a different was, story. The first time I was on MLC, <laughs> I'll restate it. The first time I I might have been exaggerating. The first time I was on MLC, or now maybe it was the first time I was on MLC. The first time you had my number, I appeared on a MLC, and you sent me a text saying it was kind of a. a, a I, I kind of agreed with you. It was kind of a, a less than show. You wrote to me. I I'm going to edit. Tell... This is why. This is why this is being taped in advance. What? I'll edit all this out. No, you can't edit this out. What are you talking about? <laughs> all right. Well, I, we won't talk anymore about our text. Yeah, and I, I didn't mean it like an accusation, Carl. I really didn't. I, I apologize if you took it that way. But everyone took it that let, way. <laughs> the the origin of the beef with Chad Zumach. I wanted to touch upon again, sticking with yeah. MLC, and I apologize to keep doing that. Uh, I was watching like MLC during the pandemic. And so like Chad was, is my era of MLC. And then he had yep. the, he broke away from, from Kevin for a while. And I even went and subscribed to Chad's Patreon at that point. And one thing that was going on during that whole time, whenever this was 2020 or, or whatever, he was obsessed with Chrissy Mare. Like I only, I only, I only first heard of Chrissy Mare and Frank Pellegrino through Chad Zumach. Mm-hmm. He would just, it, it seemed obsessive to me. I almost was yes. fascinated by how obsessed he was. Uh, it was and weird. then it was, it was, yeah. It was, it was strange. I went, I went down and did Chrissy Mayer's content house in Orlando. That was later. Yes. Yes. That was later, but he was still obsessed with her. We did a, we did a show at the Orlando improv and we had to ban Chad from the building because he was threatening us and being yeah. a real weirdo about things. 
So when you talk about how, because you started going after Chad, right? Mock Zumok became sort of a weekly segment for a while, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, Steel Toe at this point, he went in there. So my theory is that you, you had talked about how Chad appeared on your show and had two bad appearances. And that's why you started sort of fucking with him, with these, uh, or, or roasting him. And I think it was more, it wasn't really that. It was really because it had to be that Frank and Chrissy reached out to you and said, hey, this guy's obsessively talking about us. Can you help us out? Oh, gosh, no. There, there would never be a communication like that from Chrissy or Frank. They're not that way. But I, but I saw what Chad was doing, and I saw how he was uh, going after them hard. And listen, I'm friends with Chrissy and Frank. I went to their wedding. Um, you know, she, Chrissy has stayed over at my house over DabbleCon and stuff like that. Like, I'm pretty good friends with them. We, we've gone on vacation together and stuff. So when Chad's going as hard as he was going at them for what, and, and maybe I'm biased, for what seemed like no reason at all. Like, they did nothing to him. It was just like this weird, venomous, not funny, just fucking with people thing that I was like, okay, I'm going to highlight this and talk about it. And people think that I, I had this whole plan that I'm like, all right, John's going away, so now Chad's the new John. I started goofing on Chad before John left his mm -hmm. show. Yeah. So it, it wasn't a thing where it was just like, oh, I'll replace this little cow with this little cow. I was just watching what Chad was doing. Chad had been reaching out to me uh, about various things, and I, I just got to the point where I'm like, oh, that's, that's what it was. Now I'm thinking back to it. What really tipped the scale? So he's going after Chrissy. He's being a dick. He's not funny. And he was on my show twice and was terrible at it. And then when he said, I'm getting into the Stuttering John game, I'm going to be the next guy. Everyone's making money goofing on Stuttering John. Now I'm going to do it. I went, no, this but is it was kind of an offhand. It was an offhand Chad remark, though. I don't think he had any real intent of like, I mean, he doesn't have the wherewithal. He has never done anything where he's, I'm going to start this new show and my topic is going to be Stuttering John. But that, that rubbed you the wrong way because you thought he was grifting. Why do you think that's true? Because he started Kumius Cucks and he's he's done All a right, lot Kumi's, of shows. <laughs> Kumius Cucks is the one thing that well, he that also did done. the MLC, but, and uh, that was much later. Stream. That that was later, right? We talk about you're the an interesting guy. You seem to know people's intentions, even if they say they're going to do something. You're like, yeah, but he wasn't going to do that. You like know what their real intentions are. How well, is he that never possible? did it. He never did it. Yeah, because he got called the fuck out. Plus, John went away right after that. <laughs> But, but no, I, I, I honestly think it was, it was helpful though, that I called him the fuck out on it. My accusation, and again, I'm just I'm just posing these questions. My accusation is that uh, it wasn't really <laughs> that he was terrible twice on your show. Is that you were coming to the defense of your friend Chrissy Mayer, which is understandable. Yeah, there there were a, a number of issues that that uh, bubbled up at once, I guess. And then, so what's the status now? I know you said a couple of weeks ago, and Chad ran with this that. You're not going to be talking about Chad because it got it got a little too personal. It got a little too too weird. Is that the reason why I stopped talking about Chad? Is because he did this thing. You know, we had the black eye incident, and I thought that was interesting. I did multiple shows about what a liar he is. He came up with the first story. I knew it was a lie immediately. Then he's like, "All right, you got me. Here's what really happened. I knew that was a lie. That was ridiculous." So I was going after Chad for lying and and all that kind of stuff. Then all of a sudden he started doing this thing where he would tweet out a photo of like a gun shop oh, and right. Hey, I'm going to be at this place and I just bought this gun. And there was another really big lie in there too. I forget what it was. And um, so we're, I'm watching this and I'm seeing these tweets go out. I'm like, well, this is obviously bullshit. And then he got called out on a show. Not long after that, he goes, well, yeah, no, I'm lying. I, I'm lying all the time. It, 
it's none of that's true. And I go, oh, well, then this is boring. What's the right. point of watching a guy who's a known liar? And it's fun to call out someone for lying. But now they go, yeah, everything I say is a lie. Like, well, then why am I listening to you? Who cares? Ha ha, you. you listen to my lie. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Mark. Right. The joke's on me. You know what I mean? Like if, if Alex Jones came out and went, I don't believe any of this bullshit that I'm saying, he'd lose all credibility immediately. No one would listen to him. Like, oh, well, I'm listening because I think you believe it. I don't know if I believe it, but I think you do. But if Chad comes out and he's, he's just like, yeah, I say I do this and I do that. I don't do any of it. You're like, oh, okay, well, then I'm done with this. This is boring. Gotcha. All right. Switching gears. All right. right, let's. We're going to get off. I agree with that 100%, by the way. Thank you, agree with what? That, that We found that some Chad common was... ground. You agree with common what? Ground. I know, I well, know. Well, everything he just said, his okay, analogy gotcha. was perfect, spot on. That's exactly how I feel about Chad. Like, why? Yeah, it's a waste he, of time. He, just, he, he lost the thread. Like, he was he was an interesting guy for a little while there, and he's standing by his crazy stories. And then as soon as just like, yeah, no, I'm just a liar. <laughs> Neat. I do. Have fun with that. After yesterday's show, I got to admit, I want to see him back on MLC, like, maybe once a week, maybe maybe twice a month. Well, you know what? He's good There's on something MLC. between the two of them. There's something, yes, there's some he's good on there. MLC because Kevin just rips on him. He does not treat him like an equal at all. And Chad's just like, hey, it's me, Bob, and Kevin. We're the team. It's like, all they're doing is goofing on you nonstop. I mean, I like it. I enjoyed that era of MLC quite a bit. So I'm, I'm with you on that. You know, the, I was looking uh, the uh, this isn't the question I prepared, but it just came into my head. It's totally, totally changing gears here. But I'm looking at uh, Shuli, the Shuli Network uh, numbers on their, on their YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. And every video is like 8,000 views, 10,000 views, 8,000 views, 10,000 views. There might yeah. even be one in there that has like 20. So is because because I'm sort of not watching John as much as I used to, right? I'm just sort of whatever time and, and job stuff. But are, are we at peak Dabbleverse at this point? Are there more people watching Stuttering John than ever before? Because it looks like the Shuli Network by those numbers are as popular as they've ever been. Yeah, I think that is definitely the case. I think um, Dabbleverse Anonymous is, is larger than it ever was before. People are watching these shows more so than they were before there's more people talking about it so there's more people into it and people discover centering john through different avenues now and you could tell centering john shows when he goes live have more people watching than ever before he used to have 200 tops watching his live stream mm. now he's getting 400 500 people because they want to see it before all the shows that goof on him see it i can tell you um looking at because we did the first point dabble point on my channel it's got over 19,000 views wow, wow. And and, so, and for our and that's world, just a roundtable discussion. Now, don't get me wrong, Tukey's on there, so you know that's a pretty big uh, poll right the, there. But other than that, the king of the dabbleverse. I think <laughs> Tukey's appeal is that he's not. Uh, you know, there's so much drama and like Kevin Brennan versus Bob Levy, and then you have just like a puppet goofing on it all. This people people need that. It, 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 there's something comforting about that. Yeah, but, I think um, the the potato filter obviously Cardiff went a long way with that. And uh, there is something about Tukey that's just disarming and fun. And it gets us all to just breathe a sigh of relief. Like, that's right. This is just comedy. We're all just having right. fun here. Right. Yeah. How about, uh, I was looking into your background a little bit, and you've probably been asked this before, but whatever, I'm going to ask it again. Ebaum's World. Like, I yeah. remember that website from back in the day. I don't remember exactly what I saw on it. It was, maybe it was a beheading video or pornography. I don't even know. Did you have that? Was that kind of stuff on there? I no, don't think so. No. <laughs> But how did Maybe. you land? How did you land that job? Because that was early on in the internet, it seems to me. Yeah. Well, that was a, a dream come true. So Ebombs World was this site that was a little bit YouTube before YouTube, but it had other things. It had games on there. It had all sorts of different things. It's just an entertainment site. 
And I would go on there. I worked at the local newspaper in the uh, what was called the New Media Department. I worked for their website. In what the early what 2000s. newspaper, may I ask? Is the, the Democrat and Chronicle of uh, a Gannett newspaper? The first wasn't that? Isn't that the? This is really geeky, but that's the first Gannett ever, isn't it? Their flagship or their? It might be. It might be. I can't remember if it's um, Rochester. Oh. It, was another, it was definitely out of New York State. Anyway, it one of the very first Gannett papers. Yes. And so to pass time at work, I would go on E-Bombs World, play games, watch videos, all that kind of stuff that everyone was doing. I had no idea it was local. It was just a website that everyone was going to. It was a very popular one. And then lo and behold, in my uh, one of my business meetings, I'm sitting down with across from E-Bomb. Wow. And uh, we're, we're having a meeting. And, you know, a, a few months goes by and I was in advertising. He needed someone to help him with the advertising side of his business. He reaches out and says, hey, Carl, you know, I, I could use someone to help me on the advertising side. And I was like, I couldn't wait to quit my job. I fucking hated working for Gannett. It sucked. Giant corporation. I worked so, for Gannett. Uh, did you really? Which, uh, As a which reporter. Paper? Yeah. I was at, uh, they owned the Patent Trader, which was part of the Journal News in Westchester County. Okay, yeah. A, it, was, it was a family-owned weekly they bought. But anyway, yeah. I, so I, you were I part it. of the guild. If you the were guild meaning, well, I wasn't, in a, I wasn't in a union. Oh, you weren't? Okay. No, 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 okay. no, no. Because when at the DNC, it was very separated from the the reporters and the the rest the marketing and advertising. Oh yeah, yeah, no, classifieds yeah, I, and everything was very separate. I think that's why I instantly hated you because I was like, oh, this guy's a newspaper sales guy because that's how I was brought up. You have to hate the sales yeah. guys and marketing guys, but right. So um, yeah, so I, I got so you to took work. What, at, ad, you were director of advertising for Ebounds. Yes, director E-Bombs. of advertising for Ebounds World, and uh, so that was one of these jobs where if you could picture what it was like to be in, you know, the internet, early internet boom. And this was the second boom. This wasn't the nineties. It's it wasn't pets.com, but it was right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But everything that you would expect it to be, we're making money hand over fist. We have a whole game room in the basement. Every lunch break I spent playing darts with my buddy, or we were playing mortal Kombat on the, you know, the big consoles. Um, we, we had the uh, shuffleboard table, like all the crazy shit down there. So it was just a blast. I loved going into work. I had a dream job for a little while and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Now they got bought at some point for like multi-million dollar deal, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This handheld entertainment out of San Francisco. We, We went out there a few times, had meetings with them and it was actually Carl Page, Larry Page's brother, who was one of the investors and part of the executive team of handheld that acquired us for i think 17.5 million at the time and then it sort of changed the whole culture of the thing was that that how did you end there yeah so after that happened a guy who i used to have contact with and i worked at the newspaper reached out he's at an agency and he goes carl i need someone to help me uh with the digital marketing at my at the agency that i work at and i was like okay i see the writing on the wall here sounds good I left two months later, everyone I worked with got fired, which is the way there's, <laughs> it's crazy to me, Rochester though. I and mean, one of the things I, I like going to DabbleCon was I, I never realized, you know, I started listening to you. I assumed you were an X radio guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I assumed you were like a morning DJ somewhere and your whole crew was like that, Wow! but you're all, I did. That's, I did. That I appreciate that. That's that, a compliment. Wow. That was, that was my assumption. Uh, but I, I like the fact that you're all, you're a bunch of like local guys. Who got together yeah. and did this and i guess there is something about rochester as you know uh john calls it the armpit of new york but there's something going on up there he's thinking of syracuse as the <laughs> armpit of new york rochester it is interesting how this has become uh, in a in a weird way somehow the center of the dabbleverse geographically yeah. Yeah. even though the dabbleverse has no center it's just the internet 
But uh, geographically, DabbleCon was here, and then Suttering John's live show is coming up in March. And, uh, yeah, it just seems like a lot of things happen here for some reason. And then that, that live show in March I wanted to ask you about. What Do you have any involvement? I know that show is Sunday, and, and you've been, like, banned from – I don't even know if you can be in Rochester on Sunday. But <laughs> Friday, Saturday, are you involved in anything? Uh, yeah, so Saturday – they're doing um, Cardiff and Vinny, and Vinny's at my front door, and it's locked, so I got to go run. But, oh, uh, shit. Yeah, sorry. I'm doing a creep-off bonus at noon today, which is in 10 minutes. Um, so I'm doing the subreddit surfing. They're doing a live episode of that Saturday night. I think I'm supposed to be on with them for that, but I also have to do my consequence for that, which is where Cardiff writes my stand-up set. Okay, okay. So that's so, happening. So that's going to happen. And also – if people are coming in from out of town, I know people have already gotten their tickets and stuff, then we'll we'll meet up with people. We'll do something Saturday night and hang out. There was another nice thing about DabbleCon. You, you could buy VIPs, and that was great. But you guys, everybody was just mixing in with the crowd. One last question before you go. I got to ask this. Nobody Likes Onions yesterday was talking about, he was playing clips from Steel Toe. Steel Toe was okay. talking about how if he doesn't, he doesn't want to do the daily goal anymore. So he's going to give himself one year, and if he still has to do the daily goal in a year, he's going to walk away. Uh, oh really what he was well you, you know still sometimes will say something and then the next day you don't know okay. if he's just you know what i mean but that's what that's what i heard on patrick melton's uh broadcast and i'm wondering where do you see steel toe in a year and do you have any advice in terms of revenue for that show so i don't really follow uh what aaron's up to anymore i'm I, he took himself out of the dabble first and i have enough going on that I'm, i haven't been paying attention i told him the very first time i ever talked to him he had me on his show, would do an interview. And I told him, I go, what you're doing wrong here is you're starting with infrastructure and then trying to get the revenue to justify it. Mm. You got to start with no infrastructure. And then as the revenue comes in, you can start to build it similar to how Shuli did it with uh, the Shuli network or, or even how I've done it uh, with who are these podcasts. And I, I guess to some degree he's done that because it sounds like from the clip I saw yesterday, it's just him and April are the only people on the payroll now. Because he's yeah, not 100 have... sure, but yeah, they have one other guy that comes on. I think once a week, maybe. Yeah. Okay. So it it seems like he's thinned out the uh, the overhead a little bit, really. Uh, and he's a hustler. He'll figure it out. He'll 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 keep making uh, money. But I he's got to strip this way down. This whole idea that in order to make a living, this is what's crazy to me because I always thought show business is awesome. You get overpaid and you you work way less. You know, this is that's the great thing about show business. And these people are doing it wrong. Like even Shuli and those guys, they're on all morning and then they're on all evening. And Steel Toe is like doing five shows a day or whatever. This is just like, guys, like value your time more. You know, you like do, hmm. do a one great show. I mean, I used to do once a week with WTP. We moved to twice a week, but I'm not going to start doing a daily show. It, it's just like, why are we working so hard? That's not. That's why I got out of working at nine to five. Burnout's a thing. All right. One last question. I lied. Worst guest in the history of WATP. And why is it AJ Benza? AJ Benza was pretty terrible. He did not understand the format at all. He felt like he had to make noise every fucking second. Even when we brought Anthony Kumi on, he recognized like, yeah, no, this, we got a show going on right here. He's still just nonstop, just interjecting, talking. I'm like, okay, he didn't get it. Uh, but Chad was still the worst guest. And Gino Pascante, the Gino Pascante, uh, Alex Stein combination. I love Alex Stein, but Gino would not shut up during that episode. 
Yeah, I know. Everyone was all fired up. We were down at uh, Chrissy's wedding, and I just tried oh, to set up my studio. Okay, gotcha. I set up my studio impromptu. We had no internet, so I was having a hard time showing video to people. It was a whole thing. It was a clusterfuck. I tried to, to make something happen because I'm like, let's go. Well, Anthony's supposed to be on the show that day, too, but he didn't get into town in time. But yeah, that, that was like, I'm, I mean, down there with all these creators, all these comedians. I should definitely uh, do something with this, and maybe I shouldn't have. Um, it was funny because I remember Alex Stein at one point. He was in a weird, he had a weird thing going on. But anyway, Alex Stein, who I love, he goes, you know, I'm not good at these like reaction shows. You play huh. a clip and then you react to it. I'm like, well, you don't have to react to every fucking clip that Alex, <laughs> like, like he was, he was talking the whole fucking time that was just like, I'm not good at this. Like, okay, well I'm here. Gino's here. You know, we had uh, Missy B like, you don't have to, we, we got other people to discuss this, but anyway. that's great. I'm so All sorry. Right. I really, no, have to no, go. yeah, you got to go. Sitting outside my house. I'm Let him in. Guy. I said it would be a half hour. It ended up being uh, almost an hour. So please, everybody, you know who Carl is. Who are these.com? Check him out on Twitter. Carl, thank you so much for coming on. Guys, thank you. I love you both. Hey, love you, Carl. Love you too. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya. Peace. See ya.